Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Well, we're back with the Legends Podcast. I'm Jeremy. I'm Dylan. And we have a few things to talk about. Uh, the Geeks Attic may or may not be on here. We don't know. Um, I texted him. He's like, what time? And I said, in two minutes. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I lost track of time. I was up till midnight last night, and I woke up at 8, which is, like, really late for me. Really? I went to... I was uh, so tired. I went to bed at, like, 10. I'm like, I've never... I haven't been to bed this early since, like, middle school. How do you not... How do you function... That's like where I usually go to bed. But then again, I'm usually up at five in the morning. Yeah. I'm a very much a morning person. I'd usually go to bed around 11, uh, 11 if I was working, 12 midnight if I wasn't. That, yeah. Well, we have a few things to talk about. Uh, first thing up is, of course, what Dylan's been working on very hard, which is the um, oh God, Twin Sons fundraiser. Yes. Um, let me see if I can put this link into the uh, live stream chat. <laughs> oh wait, you can't do. You can't put um, links into. Yeah, no, uh, because this is Google Plus and right. it sucks. No, this. Yeah, this is this is YouTube, and YouTube hates their creators. It hates everything, dude. It hates everything. I'm trying to. Speaking of uh, twin sons, I'm trying to like tell them like, okay, look, I get what we were going with the YouTube. But honestly, YouTube just is not the future of anything. It's no, unfortunately, it, it pains me because of how long I've been on here. It really pains me to say that, but it's just terrible. It's the only thing. The only thing keeping it going is it's the only platform that does what it does. As soon as another platform comes up that does what it does, YouTube is dead. Well, the the problem is no one wants to accept another another one of these you know yeah um actually why don't i you can actually put it up in the chat in the top of the chat and some people will actually get a hold of this so yeah so anyway um let me get the link um but anyway um, um just pitch this one for those of us who don't know what it is i can't put red web addresses all right so Twinsense is back. We are um, doing another book drive fundraiser. So we are raising money to purchase books to um, donate to uh, children's hospitals like we've done in the past. Uh, children's hospital visits, we've done four of them in the past. We went to um, children's... Uh, hold on, let me get the... This is the problem. We've done so many different donations now that I've lost track of them, so I've had to keep a file. You've actually been a part of these. You're oh, a yeah. distributor, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I've been to... Um, one, two, three, four. Yeah. We've done... We've done uh, five different donations in total. I've been to three of them. So the first one we did wasn't... Uh, 
was back in um, a part of the Billboard project. We donated about 22 books to the Dobson Ranch Library in Mesa, Arizona. Uh, the celebration fundraiser, we um, we did two different hospital donations. One was to Florida's Children's Hospital, which we donated around 61 books. And these were books that had been, while we were at uh, Celebration, uh, people just came to our booth and they would give us books. They would donate books to us and we would give them a raffle tickets to get some prizes. And then we also had autographed prints of Shannon McRandall. If they gave us like three or more books, we gave them one of those. So we got 61 to the uh, children, Florida's Children's Hospital. And then with the extra funds that we raised to go to Celebration, because we didn't need it all, we ended up purchasing an additional 61 books that went to Children's Hospital Los Angeles. That was the first one I went to. And then for the Star Wars Reads Day fundraiser um, was the first time um, this was last year. Uh, was the first time that we actually not only we were going to the hospitals uh, dropping off the books, but we actually got to physically hand each of these kids a copy of the book that um, and like have a little conversation with them. Um, we partnered with the Bible first um, so that they had a good interaction with that. We ended up donating around 287 books to Children's Hospital of Orange County. And then earlier this year, we donated 160 books. Um, same thing with we partnered with the Bible first. We we didn't go uh, door to door with this one at the the hospital patients. The we there was more of an area at the hospital, and all the kids came to us. And uh, we actually on that one, I said this the last time, but we had um someone donated to the hospital some uh, Star Wars action figures. So we uh, gave them books and action figures, but we gave around 160 books to the Phoenix Children's Hospital. So that brings us to where we are today. And um, we at Twin Sons have this problem when we do these hospital visits is that we bring too many books. Like we bring more books than there are kids that are actually at this hospital. And this is, in our opinion, a good thing because we now know that we can raise, we can use the same amount of money that we get normally in these fundraisers, but do multiple hospitals. So at this time with the Valley of the Suns, we are targeting two hospitals, one hospital that's going to be in Pittsburgh and uh, one that's going to be in the uh, Bay Area, in San, Francisco, uh, San Francisco, Bay Area, San Jose, that whole area. It's Europe and Northern California. Well, that's Central California for you, but <laughs> mm -hmm. you're close to there. But yeah, the plan, the plan is 80 books per hospital, um, which brings the total to around it's about ten dollars per book is our price point so every ten dollars that gets donated to us gets us roughly a book and then there's a hundred dollar cushion on top of that just to cover like all the website and paypal fees and all the, those sorts of things so uh the goal is about 1700 of which we've raised 555 and we got about two weeks left so still a bit to go but yeah, um, the two donations, the Pittsburgh one will be happening in October. Um, October is um, the month that has Star Wars Reads Day, or now it's Star Wars Reads Month. So uh, it'll be an officially licensed Star Wars Reads event. Um, we just jump on those because we give books. <laughs> That's reading. So that'll happen there. Um, if you've watched our old podcast, Amelia is the one that's heading that donation. So she'll be the uh, main point of contact that's um, going to be doing that donation. And then in December, we'll be doing the donation in the San Francisco area, which I'll be heading. I'll be driving up there. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's just uh, 
donate if you can. Uh, again, it's it's only ten dollars. If you want to donate one book, it's literally only ten dollars. Um, since Twin Sons is a five hundred one c nonprofit organization, all of your donations are tax deductible if you live in the United States. And uh, just help us get some great books to some kids who really need them. Excellent. Um, I want to take this time to answer a question we just got in the chat because I'm very bad at monitoring the chat, so I decided to change that this time. Um, basically, Dylan can't answer this question because it involves new canon. And uh, this is from Nightwing. I know y'all don't really like the new canon, but can y'all rank the book? from favorite to least favorite i don't remember a good chunk of the new canon books in fact i've never read a new dawn and i've not read dark disciple is there only yeah, this two would be a good, this would be a good question for uh geeks addict if he comes on yeah but I, I can give you my top three best new canon books and my least favorites um uh, my aftermath trilogy <laughs> Yeah, Aftermath Trilogy I'd rank as the epitome of terrible. Just one bad nightmare along with Heir to the Jedi in a close second. And uh, Phasma. Phasma was pretty bad too. Also, but for best, go probably goes Thrawn. Um, uh, Catalyst. And it's a toss-up between Rebel Rising, which is a young adult novel, Lost Stars, which is also a young adult novel, and for adult novels, oh, geez, uh, Twilight Company. Yeah, I'm in the minority there. A lot of people don't like Twilight Company or didn't care. Um, otherwise, everything... Like Phasma. I've heard great things about Phasma. Phasma is weird and dumb. Uh, watch my review. I, is because Phasma does so little in the movies. It kind of makes the books like not matter. Or no, it's not Phasma herself that's the problem. It's everything else. It's like they want to make Mad Max novel in Star Wars, and the term nuclear fallout is used, which I don't think needs to be in a Star Wars in the Star Wars universe. I don't think we need to have nuclear weapons. I think that's lazy writing. Well, Come they did have them, but they're like. They're like, can, I don't know. In the, uh, they're super weapon. They're like, they're like pleb tier super weapons in, in this Star Wars, in Star Wars Legends. They exist, but if you want mass destruction, there are far more, there are far better and more efficient ways to do it than nuclear device, even though they do exist. Um, uh, everything else is kind of mediocre. Uh, some stuff like, um, oh, geez, I'm looking at the books and I'm not remembering them. Well, Force Awakens and Last Jedi's novel adaptations are not that great. I just did the Last Jedi review not too long ago. Um, Rogue Ones is pretty decent. Um, uh, Lords of the Sith is okay. Last Shot was actually pretty decent. I haven't done my review of that, but that will be happening in the not-too-distant future. So oh, we got, we've got a ton yeah. more questions. we got some people joining in. So those who are just joining in, we just had someone... Nightwing just asked um, Jeremy, because I don't read New Canon, to rank his um, New Canon uh, from best to worst. And we, I also earlier just mentioned that Twin Sons has another fundraiser going. There's two weeks left. We're buying... We're, uh, raising funds to buy books for children's hospitals. So go to twin-sons, 
um, dot net slash donate, or you can go to the Twin Suns page and there's a post from today with the link. Uh, donate, share it around, every bit helps. Anyway, you're caught up. <laughs> okay, Dark Snovia, we will get to your question at the end when we do questions from the last video. Don't worry. Also, this video will be a well, I mean, the audio from this video will, of course, be on iTunes and Google Play Music. So you can check it out on there, and you can even download it. Uh, Infin Infinity Nexus asks, A new Dawn was pretty good, but I agree they're mostly been weak. Okay, that wasn't a question, but I just read that. Uh, Wbadkins3152. Hi, Bill. A Legends podcast that isn't... 2 a.m. for me, <laughs> lol. Uh, this is because it's my one day off a week, and um, I really needed the therapy of doing legends right today. Uh, again from Infinite Nexus 40th anniversary of A New Hope didn't even come with a dust jacket. Fuck, did you buy it off eBay? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that kind of happens sometimes. I have a first print hardcover of A New Hope. Mm. It's really beaten up, but I bought it and and Splinter of the Mind's Eye for forty dollars. I do believe. Wow. Yeah, that was a really good deal. I couldn't pass it up, even though it's probably the roughest hardcover in my collection, and that's including library books that I've bought. Uh, let's see, Nightwing again. Have you all seen the alternate cover for Thrawn Alliances? Yes, it looks awful. Is some of the worst Photoshop I've ever seen. Anakin has no neck, and his head is way too big for his body. Thrawn looks fine, though. I don't know. Have you seen it, Dylan? Uh, no, I don't really come up. I don't really, um, unlike Dave Filoni, I'm not really a cover connoisseur, except when it comes to Brazilian covers. Oh, the Brazilian covers are... Fucking beautiful. It almost makes Heir to the Jedi look like a good novel at that point. Yeah, uh, if you don't know, buy a plane ticket to Brazil, go to the nearest bookshop, and literally just, like, bask in the glory of what they get. Okay. Uh, from Infinite Nexus, brand new from Word or Wordery. I'm not familiar with that site, but I know you're from the UK, so... Yeah, that's kind of unfortunate. That's You should send it back and get a new one. Um, from Nightwing again, is Splinter of the Mind's Eye considered Legends? Yes, it's the beginning of Legends, actually. It's the first Legends novel, and I do believe it came out before the Marvel original Marvel Comics went to Legends, too. But don't quote me on that one. So, okay, let's get back on track, because I think we're caught up on the comments for right now. Um, and we will get into some West End games slash Fantasy Flight news. So this was big. So Fantasy Flight Games, who currently owns the license to the tabletop RPG uh, for Star Wars, recently announced that the Star Wars role-playing 30th anniversary edition is on sale. You can pick it up at their website for around $60, or like, um, that's pretty much the MSRP, so it's about $60, it uh, includes two source books, the uh, role-playing game and – or two books, the role-playing game and the source book. The role-playing game is divided into three sections. There's a player section, a game master section, and an adventure section. Those are, I guess, kind of self-explanatory. 
And the source book is just a um, is divided into fifteen chapters. There's general spacecraft, starfighters, combat, starship, space transport, droids, repulsed lift vehicles, Imperial Guard vehicles, alien creatures, general equipment, lightsabers, stormtroopers, rebel bases, Imperial garrison heroes, and villains. So, to me, and then I do not own this. I do not own this because uh, I don't have the money to do this. I don't buy this, but oh, I know, dude. <laughs> I feel you there. Um, I have not played the original West End game source book, nor do I have any of their source books. Books, but the way that they are uh, saying, the way they are marketing this, at least, and what from what this is saying, this looks like an authentic and like ninety-five to one hundred percent just clear-cut copy of the original Star Wars role-playing game by Westing Games, just reprinted and resold so that you don't have to pay $200 on the secondary market to get your hands on this stuff. Yeah. Um, well, as Dylan's witnessed this, when we went to Gen Con a few years back, he saw me buy a ton of West End Games source books. I don't have everything, but I have a good chunk of it. If you want someone who knows, has everything, that'd be Matt Wilkins. Um, I'm very excited about this because I've been wanting to play some West End Games Star Wars material for a while. And now that the, the main books are going to be back in print in some form, that's really awesome. I don't have one of the two books in that set. I think actually I don't think I have either of them because technically my player's handbook's a second edition. So, and I don't know what the difference is between the two. So yeah, this is quoting the Fantasy Flight web a website. You'll find all the original game materials just as playable as ever uh, and they're presented with the same graphic design and fake in Star Wars universe advertisements for the Imperial Navy, the R2 astromech droid and more. Even the book's use of black and white, um, blue ink, and full color sections has been recreated, along with its use of still photos and concept art, some of which have been updated for this 30th anniversary edition. So yeah, it's basically the game. It's not the original, but it's as authentic to the original as possible. With, yeah. So go ahead and get that if that's something you're interested in. I, I'm honestly, if you cute. already have, if you already have all the Western game source books, I mean, I don't think you need this. But if you have some of them, but um, if you have some of them or you don't have any you like to get into it, then yeah, this is a good thing. Uh, Nightwing, where do the role playing games place in their tier system? If you're talking about the hierarchy of canon, the role playing games are they they're kind of s canon. I guess for the same reason the video games are is because the events that you're playing in probably took place depending on what your game master does. But depending on how the gameplay goes, it cannot be canon. Like, I mean, for example, you could play a campaign where the empire win, win the battle of, um, of Endor. And that's obviously not canon, but if you have an Imperial characters, you can do that. But as for all the source book material, like the factual data on like the ships and weapons and stuff, that is all pretty much considered to be canon. The adventure gaming stuff and um, how the campaigns go and story ideas is more S canon. Um, 
Nightwing are any of the uh, Old Republic expansions considered legends? They all are. All of Old Republic is legends. All, even though it's still being made, it is not multi-canon. It's not new canon. They uh, basically, for the most part, Disney's not touching anything pre-Phantom Menace. The only there's a Yoda storyline in the Disney Marvels crap comic that happens before Phantom Menace, and there's a Darth Maul comic that happens before Phantom Menace, and that's it. Nothing. They aren't touching anything pre Phantom Menace for the time being. So yeah. Let's see. Uh, is there any other? Well, there was the um, Hasbro thing, or the Hasbro thing. They posted a short, I think it's like three or five minutes. It's been throwing around um, Q&A um, on their Instagram, I think it was, where basically they they kind of dropped a subtle hint. Uh, they basically said, and I, um, well, not I quote, but what they said is that they have freedom. They have a lot of freedom to do what they want, so... Uh, they can do pretty much any characters they want, and that includes Legends. So they didn't confirm that they are doing Legends, but they confirmed that they can do Legends. They so. pled fifth is what Dylan's saying. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's see. What else? There To go back to the previous topic with the role-playing games and their, um, their ranking in canon... A lot of the West End game stuff in particular is referenced in Fate of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. Just to the nth degree. They just t started... T Troy Denning in particular was uh, tying everything together. And even the early stuff, like, um, if you... Um, <clears throat> they even mentioned this um, in the article. Again, I'll, I'll quote from the Fantasy Flight page. Uh, These books were sent to Timothy Zahn as references when he started to develop Grand Admiral Thrawn in his Thrawn trilogy. That was actually George Lucas. Um, he all the early Bantam authors, where he would basically give them the role, the uh, source book, the Western Games source books, and like the role playing stuff, and like here, read this, use this, use this into your stories. So a lot of the early Bantam stuff does come from Western Game, or is inspired by Western Games. Not like any of the adventures; those didn't come into play until um, again, Fate of the Jedi, but. Alien species, the planets, technology, and all that. Those were all from the West End games, if you've read the uh, Bantam books. Um, to answer your question, uh, your inquiry, Infinite Nexus, about Revens of Maybe, there are some Maybe stuff. We know that Darth Bane is in both canons, uh, mainly because he shows up in Dave Filoni's Clone Wars and the Lost Missions. And will his spirit and Yoda have a confrontation? It's not the same Revan, not Revan, um, Bane. Uh, Revan's a maybe because, well, Revan was actually cut from, oh, the Abeloth episodes that I hate with the brother and the sister and the father with Anakin being the chosen Revan, one. It's a fate of the Jedi. You'll have a whole new appreciation for that. that. I know, but it was just so badly executed. Is so ham-fisted and terrible. And why did Ahsoka have to be there? She served practically no point. Um, that's a thing. Revan was in that, but yeah, I mean, and then the dark saber from 
Clone Wars and Rebels, its origin takes place in the Old Republic. So there, there is talk of the Old Republic, but it's not the games, really. And that's actually a, <clears throat> that's actually a good point. Um, that um, in the chat, that like, just because it's they bring a character into canon, it's not the same character. Yeah. Uh, Thrawn's a good example of that. Like, um, I actually had a good example. Um, have you watched, um, Jeremy, have you seen the Avatar The Last Airbender? I've seen two episodes. Okay, never mind. Anyway, <laughs> there's, a, there's a very popular character, and if you've seen it, uh, uh, Prince Zuko, um, who, kind of a spoiler, he... He goes through a three-series redemption arc, essentially, and kind of becomes um, a secondary hero to Aang. Mm -hmm. And the example I always like to use is he, his redemption arc is more not only based on him being redeemed, but like the events that transpire in, the, in his experiences um, throughout his, um, his trying to capture Aang, then his exile into the Earth Kingdom, and then his, um, him being reintroduced um, into the Fire Nation. And it's a thing where is if you take all those experiences away and you like you just stop at book at book one, if you keep everything the same up until book one and you make all of book two and three, you change all those experiences, he doesn't have that redemption. He's not the same character at the end of it. And that's kind of how you should look at the new can uh, canon characters from Legends. They share the same name and they may have some of the same history, but they're not going to have all the same experiences experiences they're not going to participate in all the same events and as such they're not going to become the same characters that we knew if anyone if any of you know what i'm talking about um please because I, I i'm sure i'm just going right over i'm wishing jeremy right now but yeah. no that's all good i'm just trying to keep up with the chat going on here we actually have uh, a lively chat we need to do more we need to not do late night this is what i'm <laughs> This is what I'm learning. We need to do not, not two in the morning East Coast podcasts. Yeah, no, this is a good time. I just, we just need to let Geeks Addict know that it happens when it's not when he's not out grocery shopping. Oh, he's grocery shopping. Yeah, oh. he just texted me. Um, so no, Matthew Wilson, the Geeks Addict. Um, so yeah, there is Kanan does talk about stuff like that. Um, this is stuff above Dylan's knowledge in the new canon. Which, have any of you read that Kanan comic? That's really good. It's like the only good Marvel comic that's come out. Is it better than the Poe Dameron comics? Oh, yeah. Poe Dameron ca comics are 50-50 trash. Um, Poe Dameron's comic basically sometimes is a bad representation of X-Wing Rogue Squadron and just Okay, here's a question. Off. I don't know if I've asked you this. Why is Afra, the Gaffer comic, so popular? Because it's not she's not as annoying as she was in Vader's comic. Afra's comic is kind of the Deadpool-esque comic, you could say. It's more tongue in cheek. This latest arc's kind of very unpleasant and I'm not enjoying it too much, but it's just kind of goofy. It's actually a fun comic. Unlike the Marvel, the main Marvel Star Wars comic is by far the worst comic ongoing series that they have for Star Wars. It is so bland and terrible. 
And I hate when people are like, oh, it went downhill at a certain point. I'm like, it went downhill at the end of issue one. It sometimes it slightly redeems itself, and then it goes into stupid. It goes into stupid all the time. Um, that for those first couple arcs are almost unreadable. Um, their events are not good. The new, the original Darth Vader series wasn't that good either. I don't know why people like that now because it got canceled because people didn't like it. And now all of a sudden everyone's like, Oh, it's the best blah, blah, blah. That Darth Vader in it. Uh, the new Darth Vader series is a lot better. How is in the comics? How, um, if you're talking about the last two to three years of dark horse compared to, well, we're in three years of Marvel now. How would the two compare? Uh, those last that la that final era of Dark Horse was just so sad. Yeah, that's why I'm asking. I, I'm I'm generally curious. How this, does it two compare? This is worse. Um, because you had some gems in that uh, final era of Dark Horse. Because Legacy Two was pretty decent. I would Leg say Legacy Two is pretty good. I know that that's a I'm in the minority there. Yeah, I would say it was it was fine with the exception of the rushed ending. But again, the rushed ending was a byproduct of being canceled. Even um, even Dawn of the Jedi, because uh, I mean the first two were sucked, but then there was Force War, which is actually getting good. I didn't think they sucked. I thought they were pretty decent. They weren't great, but they were okay. Um, it was just different. Um, but then you had Brian Woods' god awful run of Star Wars. That's practically unreadable. Um, you had things like Rebel Heist and Darth Maul's son of Dalthamir that no one asked for. Mm -hmm. The 50th of Vader series. Um, the original draft of the, the Star Wars, if you remember that, Dylan, that was bad. I haven't read that. It's That's garbage. I reviewed it. Um, I reviewed that years ago now. Was uh, but was that when Tyrant's test came? Purge Tyrant's test came out, or was that earlier? Yeah, that I would consider that the beginning of the end, when all the purge stuff started happening. Um, I would honestly say Knights of the Old Republic, a uh, war is the beginning of the end when they did all the war. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, well, Legacy War was actually good. Legacy War was good. Um, but yeah, Kotor War. If you if you read all fifty issues of Kotor and you love Kot, uh, and you love the Kotor comics, do yourself a favor and don't even just don't even read the Kotor War. <laughs> well, read it and don't think of it as a continuation of Kotor. Is how I look at it. Look at it as its own entity because Zane's a lot older in it, and he's a very different character. There's no Griff. There's no Jerry. Two out of ten. Yeah, um, they show up at the end. <laughs> I know they show up at the end probably because they got they got angry fan letters like, "You you have the you have a perfect uh, triad of characters and you take out two of them." Uh, yeah. Let's see. And yes, I have been reading the Vader comic. The Vader comic is what I've always wanted out of a full Darth Vader series, which is him hunting down Jedi. 
Um, I like how they've used the Inquisitors from Rebels. I actually enjoy the Inquisitors and Rebels more so now than I did initially watching Rebels. I, of course, love the Grand Inquisitor in Rebels, but I haven't liked any of the other ones uh, until this comic. Granted, I think I'm an issue behind, but I'm behind in all the Marvel stuff because I'm suffering from what we call Star Wars fatigue, which is our main topic today. Um, shall we get into Star Wars fatigue, Dylan? Sure. It's a thing. It's a thing I've personally been suffering from since, like, March. February or March, I really started to burn out on Star Wars. Um, and it's just... It's an oversaturation of a franchise I love. That's what it basically comes down to. Um, Dylan, do you suffer from Star Wars fatigue? Well, I don't follow canon. So all of my Star Wars has, that I get has already been written, and I'm just kind of going at my own pace. Mm -hmm. I also have other interests that take up some time. Like, I haven't been reading nearly as much. or I read more during the school year than I do in the off off here because during the school year I have sometimes have like an hour in between classes with nothing to do so I'll just read but during it's when it's like the summer and I'm home or uh, intercession and I'm home I, I'll do other things but I just stopped reading Star Wars pretty much I haven't read anything since Most Wanted which came out a month ago no, two months ago. It came out in May. That was mm. the last Star Wars thing I've read. Uh, I've been re literally reading... The closest thing I've read to Star Wars is I've read a bunch of Aliens and Predator novels. Um, but overall, like I, right now I'm reading Stephen King's The Outsider. Like That's really, really different than Star Wars. Um, which, have you, have you read any Stephen King, Dylan? No. No? Stephen King's a dirty pervert. I'm just yeah. saying that right now. Uh, the outsider, the outsider, doesn't try to hide it, which I respect it for. You know that this child was horribly assaulted and murdered in like the absolute most appalling way possible. And then it's like, okay, what do you do from here? And that's what I like about it. It's a sort of a whodunit book. It's kind of more grounded in reality than most of his stuff. I like it a lot just because I think it's probably one of his most solid written works. But then again, I'm only 20 chapters into it and there's like over 100 chapters. So it could be a steaming pile of dog shit and I just haven't gotten to it yet. <laughs> and we get our explicit tag. We always get our explicit tag. Oh, no, we don't usually. I listen to most of our Legends podcasts, and most of the time we don't earn as explicit chag. It's just the last five we have. It's actually not usually my fault, is what I've found. It's usually Dylan's fault, believe it or not. What? <laughs> yeah. Like you, you curse more than I do. Well, you drop the F-bomb more than I do on Legends. I try not to do it. Yeah, I uh, I didn't used to, and then I started working um, in the automotive industry, and uh, it, it just ruined me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, 
but uh, list my favorite Marvel Star Wars series. The original Marvel comics from 77 to 85. That's my favorite. Hmm. I don't think favorite. Uh, Kanan and the new Vader series are the only other two good ones. Mini series wise, Chewbacca's okay. And is it better than the other Chewbacca miniseries? It didn't make me cry. So, yeah. The other Chewbacca miniseries, well, I'll get to it eventually, but it's a little. It's a bunch of short stories, pretty much. Yeah. So, if you haven't read Vector Prime, you shouldn't read it. Oh, absolutely it's not. It's basically, I call it the epilogue of Vector Prime. It's like you're not going to get any. You're just going to be upset and confused if you didn't read Vector Prime. Yeah. That's one of those Legends titles where you have to have read another one in order to understand what's going on. There are a few, you know. Like, again, coming back to Twin Stones, there's a reason that every time we donate books, like, we're giving them a self-contained story or a book one. We're not going to be like, here's here's Legacy of the Force Invincible. Enjoy. <laughs> here's... See. Here's the here's the Force Heretic trilogy of New Jedi Order. Enjoy. <laughs> What's going on? I exactly. Force Heretic was a thing. Actually, it's very good. Force I Heretic spent seventy dollars getting Force Heretic in hardcover. The Force Heretic trilogy is basically wrapping up some unresolved plot points from the Bantam novels and for and ignoring Waru. Right, except for Waru. Every other, like, hanging plot thread, like, are these guys still a threat? What about this? Is this going to come up? Yeah, Heretic, Force Heretic's like, yeah, we got that. We got you, fam. <laughs> yeah, the Sissy Rook show up. I remember that. Yeah, the Sissy Rook, the Yavithra show up. Um, these are all different times. These are completely different books that they happen, which is kind of why I liked it, because it's each different book is, like, wrapping up some Bantam storyline. Yeah, because really... Bantam introduced a whole lot of stuff and didn't finish any of it. No. The exception of Thrawn's storyline. Yeah, that was about it. And that's because they got the same guy to, to finish it off. Like, all right. All right, Tim. And Tim finished off some things. Like, he finished off the Stackpole stuff. And um, he finished off Stackpole and Olsen stuff, as well as some of Kenneth J. Anderson's. But the other, I guess I'll call them, like, the one-off Bantam novel, uh, Bantam people, they didn't get a chance to, so... Oh, Force great. Heretic was... Oh, no, the phone's ringing. Oh, yeah. We'll just deal with it. Mm -hmm. Um. So, let's... There's just... A, there were a lot of things that in later years of the EU got wrapped up pretty good. Um. Crimson Empire. That was another series that happened near the end of Dark Horse. Crimson Empire 3. Mm-hmm. Did you ever I don't remember anything about three. I remember two was really good. I remember one was really good. I remember two had Nominor in it, and it was awesome. I yeah, can't remember before we, they had established who that was. Right. You're just like, oh, Which who's I this? Did, I didn't get when I read it, because I'd been so removed from New Jedi Order at that point. Well, in my opinion, that's how you should read it. You should read it not knowing who that is. Yeah, I was just like, what's happening? And I thought they'd continue it in Crimson Empire 3, and they don't. No, Crimson Empire 3 is bad. Um, it it finishes off Kirk Canos' story 
but it switches Luke's and Leia's characters around. Like Luke's not accepting of Kirk Canos and Leia is, and it doesn't make any sense. Uh, you can compare it to, it's just, we really can't. I was going to make a, a parallel to Allegiances, the uh, Timothy Zahn novel. Allegiance. Uh, which is a novel by Timothy Zahn where Luke and Han's characters don't fit. But this is a little worse than that. It's just they're completely reversed. Um, because Luke's always the accepting one. If I'm I'm not... Tell me if I'm wrong, Dylan. No, you're not. Luke's always the one that's... I mean, he forgives his father and Leia has a hard time forgiving Vader. And that's like a big thing throughout Bantam specifically in that early yeah. expanded universe stuff. There is a, uh, in Bantam, kind of getting back to this, there's a reoccurring character. I don't think this is much of a spoiler. Brachus, who is literally one of Luke's students who falls to the dark side. And he just keeps coming back in Bantam novels. He's never really the main pro antagonist, but he sometimes is just mentioned. Sometimes he'll help an antagonist. And I think on one time he was a main antagonist, but like the recurring trend is every single time Luke, like Luke doesn't really try to kill him. He's always just like, I failed you, but like, uh, come on, can, can you like not be, you know, he does his Luke Vader thing and it never works, but he keeps trying it until finally Brackus does. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> until Brackus finally gets written out, but he never really, Brackus never the antagonist from Jedi Outcast. That's another one of Luke's students that goes to the dark. Yeah, that's side. another one. Uh, but they were both part of the original class. Brackus and that other one were both in the original class. Even though they're not referenced in Jedi Academy. Well, Jedi Academy, there's there's mention that there's a dozen that graduated, and uh, that's not counting Mara, Kyle Katarn, um, that's not counting Mara Jade, Kyle Katarn, Cornhorn. Uh, because they all left. Or Kip Durin, because he left as well. So there's 16 Jedi. Uh, those four, the 12 that graduated. Of the 12 that graduated, I think they're only actually named seven of them. So there's like five that don't get named, who uh, you can just assume that those five are, two of those five are them, and there's uh, three others who are, I mean, who cares? They don't become important anyway. <laughs> Oh my! So um, yeah, I saw that question as well. Rocks. Um, it's good to see you, bud. Waru for president. There we go. It's already been posted, and it's neither. It's neither yeah. of us said anything. It's so in 2020, we're going to be campaigning for Waru for president. Um, we're going to try to get him on the ballot. I don't think it's going to happen because I don't think we have enough signatures. But if he's not on the ballot, make sure you write in Waru for president. Even if you're not in the United States, you need to whenever you do your for your votes for your like prime minister or or whatever your head of state is called, you need to write in Waru. Okay, we need to make this happen. He's not only going to be the president of the United States; he's going to be the president of the world. We That's need it. to make this happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see. Yeah, I agree that it was not a good movie. J. Rock Slash Jedi was pretty terrible. 
Uh, last podcast, I ranked it as one of the worst, and our other guest host uh, threw a fit. Yes, Nightwing. Uh, Brackus was in the Young Jedi Knights novels. Oh, yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. Everyone was in Young Jedi Knights, though. It's sort of like the w- most EU-esque of the uh, young adult novels. Well, because they <laughs> talked about it, they... um. Oh, what was it? Uh, Kevin... Uh, no, it wasn't. It was Michael Stackpole. He was writing I, Jedi. And uh, he was writing I, Jedi at the same time that Kevin um, and uh, Rebecca were writing um, Junior Jedi Knights, or Young Jedi Knights. So he calls them because he's like, hey, uh, by the way, are you doing anything with XR Kuhn's Temple in the, your Young Jedi Knights series? And when Kevin goes, no, he says, good, because I'm blowing it up. <laughs> but yeah, they basically, he, again, how much the old Bantam novel uh, authors cared about it is... There was they would actually talk to each other. They would call each other and be like, "Hey, just I'm going to do this thing. Just so you know, is it okay if I do this thing in your book? It is okay. Cool, I'm going to do this thing." And there are a few of them. Like, um, he knew. Uh, he said that he knew that um, Booster was going to need the air adventure, um, air adventure in the Hand of Thrawn duology, so he made sure to give it to him during the X Wing novels. Things like that. The and there's so many others I'm just blanking on, but uh, those were two of the ones that I always remembered. Anyway, it's kind of getting buried, but Nightwing asked a question. List some of your favorite instances of comic events being referenced in books, both Legends and Canon. I can't speak to Legends, but when the Jedi Academy trilogy outright said, by the way, yeah, a Dark Empire was Canon. Yeah, that's that's the big one. Um Anything from Labyrinth of Evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bulk, for instance, is referenced a lot. Um, Quinlan Vos's storyline in the Republic comics is referenced. Anytime James Lucino's involved, you, you're guaranteed you're going to get a comic book reference. Uh, in Plagueis, we get the Darth Maul, the original Darth Maul comics reference, um, along with a ton of other smaller references. I do believe Jedi Council Acts of War is referenced in there, too. Um, Yeah, anytime Dark Empire is referenced, I like that, because I think... That was such a big moment, because um, if you ever have a discussion with um, people who don't believe the expanded universe of canon, they will sometimes pull up a quote from Sue Rastoni where she says that the comics aren't canon. And the quote is from like 1991, right as um, right as the uh, the Heir of the Empire uh, was coming out, um, the Thrawn trilogy was coming out. And the reason she said that quote was because at that time, it was true. The comics were not canon. Dark Horse was not canon. It wasn't until Kevin J. Anderson referenced Dark Horse comics, uh, the uh, reference not only that, um, that the Dark Empire comics happened, but also that Exar Kun was a thing in the Jedi Academy trilogy. That they had to, that they started considering. Okay, now it's the books and the comics that are canon, which is kind of something that's kind of weird. With um, when you study the canonicity of the expanded universe, the line that we now know, which is the most recent one of everything that's not either Tales or Infinities, is canon. That hasn't always been the. That hasn't always been the... Oh, um, God, no. Um, 
there was a point when the comic strips were more canon than the original Marvel comics. Mm -hmm. For a long time, the Marvel comics weren't canon at all. So yeah. that's the mo the the one of the one of that um, everything that isn't tales and infinities is canon. That is correct to say, and that is the most recent one we got within Legends continuity. So it is correct to say that yes, at as of now, everything within Legends continuity, everything that isn't tales or uh, everything that isn't tales or infinities is canon. However, at different points in times, that wasn't always the case. So you've got to be careful with how you quote things or with when people use quotes against you, uh, because you can say like, well, here they say this thing wasn't canon. And you can be like, that's because at that time it wasn't considered canon. It wasn't until this thing came out that it became canon. Yeah. So interesting tidbit of Star Wars canon history. It was written after, but they wanted them to release at the same time. Yeah, Dark Empire was coming out at the same time. Uh, it was around the same time. But again, uh, Del, uh, sorry, Bantam and Lucas books didn't consider the comics at that point canon. So they didn't really talk between the two. Uh, Dark Horse and Bantam at that point didn't really talk. So they just wrote two different stories that happened around the same time. And then they added the uh, Dark Empire happened two years later. And then it wasn't until Kevin J. Anderson came along that they got the timeline right and everything was made to fit together. Mm -hmm. Well, also, Heir to the Empire has a problem with it. The Clone Wars are not set correctly. Well, that's only if you have a first edition version. Which I it, have multiple editions of Heir to the Empire. Yeah, if you have a, a later edition, they fix that. But yeah, there's a line that uh, basically, I think it's like the Clone Wars was 10 years ago. Yeah. But that was from the Nogri's perspective, and they were lied to. So, yeah, Which is, again, just because someone, a character says something as a fact doesn't mean it's true. Mm -hmm. Cough, cough, fantasy flight, cough, cough. <laughs> yeah, uh, we got a question from Dark Snovia that he said, do you think the Clone Wars should be removed from Legends? Why or why not? Um, I think the TV show itself should be removed but not necessarily the novels that happened around there. Um, mainly because they reference other EU. I know that one of them, uh, Callistia, shows up. And I wouldn't want that removed because we need more Callistia, right? Yeah, it's just the problem with removing um, Clone Wars entirely from the Expanded Universe canon is that you... Is that it's the first domino. Once that falls, there's other things that tie into Clone Wars, but also tie into other parts of canon. So you have to take those out as well, or you you have to start looking at... You have to take them on a case-by-case -case basis or looking at them. It's just... It just becomes a mess. It's the... You take out the one card at the bottom, and the whole tower falls. It, it's kind of a that situation. Granted. Which is why, in my opinion, the Fantasy Flight retcon works so well, because... It retcons the Clone Wars, but it does so in a way that they can still exist, and therefore the other things can still exist, but the continuity issues are fixed. You were saying? How are the Clone Wars books? Um, they're... The way I look at them, um, they're hit or miss. Most of them 
are hit. If we're talking books that take place in the Clone Wars, they're more hit than miss. Um, basically, my go-tos for good content is more the comics books. The Republic line is probably your pinnacle of best Clone Wars material. But Labyrinth of Evil is excellent. Rota, Yoda Dark Rhoda. Yoda Dark Rendezvous is also really good. Um, but then there's stuff like Mace Windu Shatterpoint, but I hate Matthew Stover, so that's why I don't like it. Um, well, Matt didn't like it either. Yeah, but Matt likes Matthew Stover, and I don't like any of his work. I think it's all over. Right, which is, which is why I'm saying that might be a more common opinion than you think. Yeah, uh, the Cetus Deception is considered really bad. It's actually ranked as one of the worst opening sales for Star Wars book ever that isn't new canon. Yeah, uh, didn't it do like 74 is opening on the USA Today or something? Something like that. Wild Space and Take No Prisoners, which are direct tie-ins to the Dave Filoni series, are considered good. Um, Stealth and Gambit are considered cash grabs, though. Uh, it's just, it's hit or miss. I hear miss. great things about the MedStar uh, duology. Oh, God, yeah. MedStar's well-loved. I have not read MedStar. I have not read anything by Michael Reeves. I don't know why. I just never have. Because I've never read Shadow Hunter. Well, not all of Shadow Hunter. So I guess I have read some Michael Reeves stuff. See ya in Finney Nexus. Uh, let's see here. I'm just watching the chat now because we have had a, we're out of topics. <laughs> Any cool, like, yeah. Um, well, Jindy Tartoski series is also really good too. If you want like a cartoon to watch, yeah, I have issues. It has, with the, it. it has the hallway scene before the hallway scene. I have issues with it because of its problems with Labyrinth of Evil. Yeah, yeah, you re recently read Labyrinth of Evil, didn't you? Yes, I did. So, what are okay. Finally, we can have this conversation. What are the problems? Because I know it has continuity errors, I don't know what they are. Shakti never faces off of Grievous. Okay. Ever. Um, the two Jedi that uh, do protect the Chancellor in Jindy Tartoski series are there. There's no of the over-the-top Jindy Tartoski, you know, running through the train station and stuff. Right. Um, there's you know, Royal Guards are there, which the Royal Guards are Crimson Guards in Labyrinth of Evil instead of the Blue Guard, Senatorial Guards. From Attack of the Clones. Um, Grievous and the Magna Guards just straight up storm into a bunker and take out Palpatine's uh, protectors. So uh, it, it, so the uh, in the cartoon, the opening scene in the office was actually a bunker scene? Well, I mean, they, they escape to a bunker and Grievous is hunting them, but it's not, it's not over the top like it is in... Jindy Tartoski series. Also, Mace Windu isn't really involved in the siege at Coruscant. He's um he's in that bad area of town where Palpatine, where Sidious has ha been having his meetings, and he's he's trying to find the dark side. And then Coruscant sieged, and he doesn't ever interact with Grievous. So yeah. It's just hmm. some weird things like that. Because in Jindy Tartoski series, um, Mace Windu and Yoda are on the front lines fighting side by side, and that's not happening. 
Also, Anakin and Obi-Wan have a kind of confrontation with Count Dooku, which Dooku sets a trap and escapes, and then it's told that they go immediately to the Siege of Coruscant. They don't go to that planet where Anakin liberates those uh, alien creatures. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Which is weird because they reference season one of Clone of Jinji Tartoski's Clone Wars in there. Well, that was already out. The issue was that season three of uh, Clone Wars and uh, Labyrinth of Evil were both in production at the same time, and neither of the two productions knew about each other or talked to each other. So that was the uh, that was the reason given for the retcons or uh, for the uh, issues. As for Nightwing, how do they retcon the stuff to make it fit? If you're talking about the Fantasy Flight Clone Wars retcon, they basically said that um, during the uh, reign of the Empire, Compnor was going back through the histories of the Clone Wars and putting them under um, review for intellectual purity, and um, it's alluded that they were outright altering them. Because even Pell is killed in the Clone Wars when he's also killed in Coruscant Nights. He's gunned down in the street. Right. That's Which... That. The way that the way that the retcon, or at least um, the most commonly um, most commonly accepted version of the retcon, is that when you watch the Clone Wars animated series, what you are watching is the uh, Compnor propaganda films, which are inspired by true events, and a lot of the events actually did happen. However, the way that they're depicted, and um, in certain ways of certain characters being involved and whatnot and their actions are probably have probably either been altered falsified or in some way mm -hmm. so essentially it bumps the clone wars tv series down to s canon yeah and you should just um, treat it as a uh, altered propaganda as for labyrinth of evil and jindu tartoski's clone wars it's not really talked about I think the retcon Matt gives was that they depict different, um, different areas, perspective or areas of the battle. But I, that doesn't work for me. Yeah. It doesn't work enough. I don't know. It's just, it's just an error there. There's just like one error in the Star Wars timeline. Yeah. Not bad. Uh, let's see. And the, the funny thing is, I hear great things about Labyrinth of Evil, and I hear great things about... Um, uh, I know that there's great things about the Clone Wars series. But again, in the over-the-top thing, I always thought that is just... The Clone Wars was a lot of rule of cool. Mm -hmm. And Star Wars didn't really have a lot of that. So... Um... Have you all read Star Wars Propaganda, a history of persuasive art in the galaxy? No, I have not. Have you, Dylan? No, I've never heard of that. Yeah, no. Sorry. <laughs> no, sorry, Nightwing. Um, Do we have questions from last week? We can go into those. I read Dark Snovias because he commented on the other video. And it popped up. If you okay. want to go check it out, go for it. Yeah, uh, let's yeah. at least get that one out of the way. Have you read anything, Dylan, recently? I'm reading um, The Phantom Menace. Oh, well, that's the right. The Battle of Naboo is about to happen. It hasn't happened yet, but they're gearing up for it. How do you like it so far? It's interesting. Um, 
it's mainly the movie. I find myself uh, completing lines before they they happen, because <laughs> I I guess I know the Phantom Menace better than I thought I did. <laughs> yeah, um, I really like Terry Brooks. I think what he did change with dialogue is a lot better. Yeah, I like the additional scene, uh, additional Anakin scenes. I thought they were good. Um, that Tuscan scene's really interesting, considering what happens in Attack of the Clones. I know that made me think like. Did they know? He's just or, gonna fucking murder everyone. I probably not. I if you ever probably if, did, but that's a, probably kept that to himself. If you ever is Terry Burke still alive? Yeah, yeah, he's still okay. Anyone, anyone who's listening to this, if you ever meet Terry Brooks, ask him if he knew when he was writing that Tuscan Raider scene what would happen in Attack of the Clones. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be interesting to find out. I'd love to meet Terry Brooks. I like his Shannara books. Um, I find it to be... He na- he has some of the best names for creatures and characters ever. Just really cool names. Uh, yeah. Uh, would you guys like games like Star Wars Battlefront 2? Cam- Battlefront Part 2 campaign mode with old stories from the original movies. Uh. Eh. Maybe. I'm kind of oh, burnt we already, out. Uh, we already answered this question. Did we? Yeah. Should it be removed from Legends? Why or why not? Yeah, we already answered that. Fuck. I guess we're just answering chat questions now. Or if there's something else. I can't think of anything else that came up. Have you heard the news about Star Wars game, the Star Wars game in development? A little bit. I don't believe anything the fucking Disney says at this point. Yeah. And there we get our um, explicit tag. I dropped the F-bomb. Whoops. It's, um, uh, yeah. It's a game. I don't, I'm pretty sure it's being made by EA. If not, you can correct me, but. Seriously, um. We did a Game Pappy show, was it last week, two weeks ago, um, about the EA, and we talked briefly about the EA panel and how embarrassing it was. Um, No one cared. They're like, they're just big liars about everything. There's a great gif of, um, I can't remember one of it, but there's like... um, an EA guy going like, is this good for the... We have to think to ourselves, is this good for the player? And literally, if you watch any video about EA in like the last two or three years, they'll play that clip like five or six times ironic, like, <laughs> ironically like, yeah, they did this, and they'll play the clip. It's just so great. There's a lot of great ones. Um, that's a good one. If you were aware of um, the Act Man, he's done a lot of um, good videos about EA and what they've done. Honestly, I, I just need to get back in my soapbox here about EA. Like, seriously, we've known about this for, I want to say, over 10 years. EA has been doing this for at least 10 years, and they still do it. And why do they still do it? Because people complain. <laughs> people complain, but they don't. They still buy their stuff. If you want this to stop, stop buying their stuff. <laughs> it's so all we can see right now, Dylan, is your toupee. You okay. just keep disappearing. <laughs> Sorry, I fall. I, I knew I was in rant mode, so I was trying to get away from the cameras. 
yeah, as long as they're not personal questions, you can ask a few non-Star Wars questions. Might as well. Um, yeah. It just became a Q&A, didn't it? <laughs> it just became a Q&A, but it's all right. I've been meaning to do a Q&A for a while. We might as well do it as a Legends podcast. More people will watch it. <laughs> uh, seriously. We already have three likes in this video. Wow. Do and we've had a consistency of four people watching this whole time. It's probably the four people that are in the chat. <laughs> oh, I have no doubt. One, two, yeah. I see four names. Uh, I, I see four names in the chat. <laughs> it's okay. They're interacting. Are the f We're gonna break the YouTube algorithm. By the way, I've been watching some um, uh, videos recently that. Um, trips on how to get around the uh, algorithm for uh, copyrighted content if you're using it fair use but you don't want it to auto flag you apparently what you need to do is you need to show less than six seconds of the copyrighted stuff and then have two seconds of dead silence black screen and then you can keep showing it and if you do that you can get around it it won't auto flag you. They can still, if they see it, they can still manually flag it, but they can't auto. The uh, algorithm doesn't detect it. I don't watch a whole lot of TV. Um, Nightwing. Um, I right now my big thing is I watch Kitchen Nightmares a whole lot because they released the first season unedited on uh, Amazon Prime. If you have Amazon Prime, you can stream it for free. And man, I don't have, I don't have cable. Yeah, you don't have cable. I don't really have cable anymore. Who made the uh, older public games? If you're talking about um, Bioware. Oh, Bioware, yeah, Bioware made all of them actually. Bioware, yeah. Currently, Currently on, on Bioware. <laughs> yeah. There's a great meme. Uh, again, another meme that's like 12 years old, where EA, like basically, it's EA and like another guy, and they walk, and another guy. Uh, sorry, it's like two guys. One of them is EA, and one of them is like whatever game developer they're working with currently. And they walk to a pit and it's like, where are we going, EA? And then EA shoots them, and their dead body falls into a pit of other dead bodies of other like game developer franchises that they've killed. Favorite Star Wars YouTuber? Probably Matt Wilkins or The Geeks Attic. Or uh, Forklifter Matt's good. Um, Dark yeah, Snowvia is always fun if you want to watch a rant. Mm -hmm. I also like um, Star Wars Explains, though. He does a lot of um, canon stuff now, so I kind of don't watch as many of his videos anymore. I watching Star Wars Explained. I hate he it. was good like three years ago, and then he started doing more canon, and then I just lost interest. <laughs> Eckhart's Ladder is pretty good as well, because he does a lot of what I like. Like He does... Um, battle analysis and like hypothetical things like even in other between like universes like could the UNSC infinity beat a star destroyer or like what happened at the battle of Taparo um things like that which I always like he does canon stuff too but he does more legends because he's more familiar with legends so that's good Jen Sarai is great as well all oh, the yeah. council force cast who do like the um the versus series because they get really in depth they really do their research if there's like they'll mention like powers like yeah during this one this, during this one comic this jedi was able to do this exact power so you got to put that into into like it's crazy and i don't always agree with their assessments but the amount of research they put into it is is like 
honestly impressive. So mm-hmm. they're good as well. Yeah. Um, anyone else I watch? Um, let's see. Infinite Nexus. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. He's in I the can chat, tell right? you a bunch of... Well, he was in the chat. I can tell you a bunch of people I've been watching who've just been shitting on New Canon <laughs> or the movies. God. Um, there's some just really bad Star Wars channels out there, though. Yeah. There's some just garbage. And it's very popular trash. Well, trash is popular. Lowest common denominator. It sells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck that. I feel like Tristan. Oh, no. <laughs> I apologized. I apologize to everyone watching. We've devolved into the part of the podcast where we make fun of our friends. <laughs> <laughs> Did Tristan was talking about how he hates his job yesterday? Was it yesterday? No, it was a couple days ago. And I'm like, oh, Tristan. And I called Matt and I'm like, look what Tristan posted. <laughs> <laughs> Bill's just like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Were you on that call when he he just went off on Bill for no reason? I I wasn't that drunk, Dylan. (laughs) No, it wasn't as bad as the one where you couldn't go up your stairs. Was that the same call? I don't, I can't remember. All of our calls, all of our Skype calls mesh together now. Yeah, that was when I, in my heyday of drinking. And I tried to roll up the stairs, mm-hmm. like literally a rolling motion up the stairs with my uh, tablet with everyone on Skype. <laughs> I, I Did I scream a lot? I think I did. I can't remember. I can't remember because I was laughing too much. <laughs> there was the best that I wish I'd recorded when uh, Josie and I were on and then Tristan called us and uh, with, with all of his friends and his friends started. We were just laughing at the stuff his friends were saying. It was exact. It was exactly what you would expect Tristan's friends to be like. Oh yeah, that aren't Edward. Oh yes. You know, for all we've talked about Edward, I haven't actually been in a lot of Skype calls with Edward. Aren't you fucking lucky? I think I was in like two podcasts with Edward, and that was it. Well, he used to be kind of a semi-regular on Django's uh, reviewers' hangouts, and he yeah, those were the two that I was on when he fucking threatened to force choke Tristan. Yeah, I was on the first one we, uh, or the, it was the second one, but it was the first one I was on. Then I was on the one right after that when when it all went down, and uh, he had the the glorious line that we've been quoting for the better <laughs> part of three years now. It's good to weep when you're angry at someone. <laughs> oh my gosh! Tristan. One jo- one joke. We've been running one joke for. I- I'm sorry. It's still gold. <laughs> I always. I think it's- I did it on Princess of the Universe. Here's the thing, though. Us just saying it doesn't doesn't do the joke justice. You have to go back to that. I think it was Star Wars reviewers hangout number three. When he does it, like no, it's the, it the brooding. It's the buildup. It's the brooding beforehand. He wouldn't the, fucking talk. The, He's muting the, himself. The sigh when it got to him, him throwing back the hood <laughs> and staring up into the air. Well, because he's dressed like the Unabomber. 
for like a good 10, 15 seconds of dead air. And then him like looking down and being like, just mumbling how he's reading the Darth Bane trilogy. And it's- no, it was, uh, it was either Darth Bane or revenge of the Sith. It was revenge of the Sith. Was it? I thought it was Bane. I can't remember, but it was whatever he was reading. And I was like, it's just good to read when you're really angry. (laughs) (laughs) It's the whole performance. If we got, again, go to Django, uh, DJ, uh, Django with a DJ, Django Fett's channel. It's DJ, um, it's D Django, basically. Look up the Star Wars reviewers Google Hangouts, and again, I think it's like the third or fourth one. It's just great. <laughs> it's uh, absolutely fantastic. J Rocks, is it true there will never be any new statues or action figures of the Princess Leia slave costume? That was what we were told, but it doesn't seem like they've done anything about that. You can still get the slave Leia like costume for really cheap. Yeah, I think those are. I think that's officially licensed, not like secondary market stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you like the the scissor twirl? Okay, it's pretty good. Look, Ever so- go to any links I give you? Look, that was one time, <laughs> and my links are funny. <laughs> what did you, did you send him? Like some weird porn. No, I sent him a video of a cat. I'll leave it at that. Is it one of those fucking morbid videos you like to send me? I get so pissed when you do that. Possibly. I have a I have a dark sense of humor. Okay. Shithead. I was trained that if you have to be able to laugh at everything, because if you can't laugh at everything, you get sad, and being sad is not good. So just learn to laugh at things. That cat died. This is like Nolan's 911 video. Oh my god. Fucking (laughs) the one that broke you? God. The one that you got up out of your chair and went nope and you were gone for like 10 minutes. I I went up to my kitchen and I sat and drank a glass of water. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, (laughs) Nolan, you broke him. You broke him. I didn't think that was possible. Do you, do you remember when we would Nolan would like go to the bathroom with the door open? I remember the one time he when me and Johnny, uh, me and Johnny were on a call with him. He said, "Hey, I'm going to the bathroom," and he was gone for like six hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. It was just, and he left like he left his little like uh, I forgot what it's called. It was like the Funko doll of Jar Jar Binks with like giant eyes in front of the screen. So no one is just staring at this for six hours. And after like hour one, was like, "So is he coming back?" And like we forgot about it, and then like by hour five, we're like, "Did Nolan say he was going to the bathroom? <laughs> should we like, <laughs> should, we call, should we like call the cops?" And he's like, "Yeah, our friend said he was going to the bathroom, and he's not back. Can you like make sure he's okay?" <laughs> Fuck, those are the days. That was one of the days. When when uh, Josie asked Johnny to speak English. Yeah, Django really dropped off with um, video output recently. It's kind of not his fault. It, it's just something that happens eventually. But the good thing about that is his old videos aren't that hard. To, you don't have to scroll as much to find his videos. 
unlike people who do like daily content and like I want to see a I want to see a video from three months ago and you have to scroll like oh my god, can you like not upload this many videos please? Oh uh, yeah, there was some interesting stuff. Well, Coruscant wasn't called Coruscant originally; it's called Imperial City. Um, I really like how it looks in Steve Perry's novel Shadows of the Empire with the blimps. Which, granted, it's all canon. Because um, there really isn't anything to talk about. Well, they did call it. They did call it Coruscant, but they also referred to it as Imperial. Their two were like well, because interchangeable. Coruscant didn't want to call it Imperial City, which is why the name Coruscant exists. <laughs> In uh, any Western early Western games source material, it's called Imperial City. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I'm not too... I haven't read everything that involves Imperial City, so I can't give you a full, like, ooh, <clears throat> this is what I like and this is what I don't like. Um, because a lot of times with stuff pre-Phantom Menace, like Dark Empire, Coruscant is under siege. So it's not really active which i never that's one thing i didn't like about dark empire was why is coruscant being attacked now didn't make a whole lot of sense well you know go for the capital it's a common military strategy but if they're in the far reaches why why coruscant first well the um in Coruscant is in the core, and even well, at that time, the Imperial Rem... What? It's at triple zero, that is true, yeah. So, it, at that time, the Imperial Remnant had basically complete control of the Deep Core. And because they, the New Republic didn't have the star charts at the time, they couldn't chase them in there. So they were... Coruscant was in striking range, and again, because their, their power base was in the Deep Core, it makes sense that that would be one of the first targets. Now... Mm -hmm. If you're going for a long-term war, why don't you, I don't know, maybe attack Fondor or Kuat so, you know, you can rebuild your fleets. That would be oh, a good... Yeah, Fondor's in both cannons. Well, I it, forgot. It should be. It's where they make Star Destroyer and Super Well, Star because Star. in the Han Solo movie, they, they say they're made in Corellia. They make... What? Yeah, why that... really makes Star Destroyers. Corellia looks nothing like EU Corellia in the solo movie. It looks like a shithole. Looks like it looks like. Does it look like how Nar look should look? Yeah, that in Flint, Michigan. Wouldn't drink the water. <laughs> Sorry to anyone who lives in Flint. Still, so. by hot. the way, if you're living in Flint, um, if you are from this, listening to this podcast and you live in Flint, do yourself a favor. When you go to the voting booth and you see an I next to any politician's name, vote for the other guy, please. <laughs> Why they changed the design of the Nogri so much? I don't know. I don't even remember what it looked like originally. It's been too long. Yeah, I don't know either. Um... There's just certain things. Some artists do certain things. Like Griff looks different depending on... Uh... Artist was drawing Knights of the Old Republic. Mm -hmm. It's artist choice. The lightsabers in uh, Tales of the Jedi changed colors depending on which panel you're on. 
Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, I know there. I know oh. Nightwing. There are many ship um, manufacturers, but the ones that were specifically building Star Destroyers, Kuat and Fondor were the main two. At least in Legends continuity, and at least during the time of the uh, um, of the Empire. After they fell, they kind of uh, off ship. They started. Uh, I think Slewis Van started making them. Um, Bastion started ma making them because they didn't have the. Even Yaga Minor, I think, had some shipyards on it. Yeah. <sighs> I'm tired, man. I feel like we've been doing this for 90 minutes. Less than that. We started late. Not by much. It didn't matter because we got it. We got people. We did. It's a miracle. Holy shit. Um, anything else you want to talk about? I don't know. I don't know if there's a lot that's been in the new Star Wars related recently. Well, that I mean, had. no one gets along, but that's been a problem forever. It's just now that news finally is like, oh, Star Wars fans don't like each other. I'm like, well, no, no shit. Yeah. Right. You've not been paying attention to the internet ever. It's like people don't understand the fact that people are different from each other. And it's like the bigger a fandom it uh, gets, the more they're not going to agree on things. The only fandom that the only fandoms that actually agree on everything are fandoms that are one person. And there's I don't know. People talk about like the toxicity of the Star Wars community and all that. It's like it's not that bad if you stay in your lane. It's just bad if you get into the arguing and infighting. And there's only infighting because there's so many of us that we all want different things. And actually, I do want to talk about something here. Why is it bad to criticize things now? Because people are fucking babies, as Tristan would say. It's like, I, I think there are people, mainly, in, mainly um, amongst the, creator, the people who are like the writers and the creators and the media who don't understand where criticism comes from. Like... There are some, and you know, like on YouTube, you'll see this that they just hate to hate because it gets them views. But the people who don't have an audience, the people who don't make a living off of criticism, who do criticize what you do, the reason they do it is because they care so much about the the franchise that you are running that when they see it not it's not good, when it's, they see it's not living up to what they think is good, they want to fix it. Their criticism is pointing out the flaws, and a lot of times they'll not only point out the flaws, they'll point out things like, why didn't this happen, or this happen, or this happen? It's because they're trying to, in their own way, fix the problems that they are seeing, and they're calling out the problems that they see because they want what you're doing to be good, and when it's not good, they want to fix it. It's like it's like if you watch, um, it's like if you watch sports, for example, and you're just like. And your team's bad. Your team's like ten games under five hundred, and there's one, and there's one guy who every single time he comes up to the plate, he strikes out. Obviously, you're, all the fans are going to be like, "Why is this guy still in the starting lineup? He he strikes out every single time. Why don't we trade him? Why don't we Why don't we call this guy up from the minors?" You're not. They're not criticizing that guy because they don't like him as a person. They're not criticizing because they don't. They're the team's decision to keep putting him in the lineup because they don't like the team. They're criticizing him because they want their team to win, and they're the team is not winning, and they are trying to help it win by telling them what they think it should do. 
And it, are they right right all the time in their criticisms or their fixes? No, but you have to understand where it's coming from. It's not coming out of malice. It's coming out of um, um, shoots. Can't think of a word, but it's coming out of. It's not coming out of malice. It's coming out of a desire to help. <coughs> yeah, that's my rant on that. Good. I was going to write an article about that, but I couldn't put it to to words until that rant. It's all good. Saved it for the show. All right. Do you want to call it there? Well, we have a question on Nightland. Why didn't it raise any questions when the Republic started having Star Destroyers that look like ships from the, the Sith Empire? Um, you're talking about during the 10 years of buildup. I would imagine that um, it's very heavily implied in the Plagueis novel that um, Damask Holdings is pretty much single-handedly funding not only the Republic, but the CIS, um, as well, CIS as well. Mm-hmm. And it's actually extremely convoluted because the quat drive. Hold on, um, the quat drive yards. Uh, let me look this up. But it's like it's like crazy. So, um, for example, the DC series of blasters are made by Blast Tech Industry, which is a subsidiary of the Techno Union. Uh, Techno Union, and yeah, Quat Drive Yards as well is a subsidiary of the Techno Union. Quat Drive Yards also has their own subsidiary, uh, Rothon and Engineering, that makes all their tanks, their airships, and their assault craft, and all those kind of things. So literally, you have the war that the Techno Union, who are against the Republic, is not only against the Republic, but they are actively building the ships, the weapons, the tanks, and the tanks of the people they're fighting and the internet IBC is not only against the Republic, but they are funding the production of an army and the production of the ships, tanks, weapons, and the weapons of the enemy. So it's extremely convoluted in that way. And I imagine that in order to get those deals to happen, a lot of it was hush, hush under the radar. People, people were bribed or paid to keep their mouth shut so that, this didn't reach not only the ears of the Republic, but the ears of the separatists that the own country, their own companies that they are representing are, in fact, building this army for their enemies. So that's my um, theory on that. But anyway, I'm just rambling. Jeremy's falling asleep. No, I'm, I'm doing something else, but um, not related to podcast. Yeah. Anything else? No, I guess we can end it. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next time on uh, Star Wars Legends. Bye.